In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, one God, Amen. We know that the Lord actually sent the disciples twice. First time, he sent 12, and the second time, he sent 72, or as some say, 70. Today, actually, we celebrate the relocation of the relics of St. Andrew the Apostle. You know, when Emperor Constantine became the emperor of the Roman Empire, and he made Christianity is the official religion of the total empire, he wanted to build a new Rome, a new capital for the Roman Empire, and to be similar to Rome. But he named this capital under his name, and he named it Constantinople, which currently is Turkey. And he said, if Constantinople is a sister capital to Rome, and according to the Western tradition, St. Peter is the one who preached Rome, and the Sea of Rome is the Sea of St. Peter. That's according to the Western tradition. So he said, Constantinople, which is the sister of Rome, we will make it sea for the brother of St. Peter. And who is the brother of St. Peter? St. Andrew. So he relocated the relics of St. Andrew from Rome to Constantinople and made Constantinople Sea of St. Andrew. And until now, it is the Sea of the Ecumenical Patriarch in the Eastern Orthodox Church. And they say it is the Sea of St. Andrew. Although at the time of St. Andrew, Constantinople did not exist. So St. Andrew did not visit or preach there. But why we call it the Sea of St. Andrew? As I explained, when he built Constantinople, he said it is a sister capital to Rome. And if St. Peter preached Rome, then it will be the Sea of Andrew, the brother of St. Peter. And he relocated the relics of St. Andrew from Rome to Constantinople. And as I said, until now, the Sea of the Ecumenical Patriarch, it's called the Sea of St. Andrew. Not because St. Andrew went there and preached there, but as I explained, because Andrew and Peter are brothers, and King Constantine said Constantinople and Rome are sister capitals. That's why the Church chose today the commission of the Twelve Apostles. As I told you, there were two commissions. One time, the Lord sent the Twelve, and the other, the Seventy-Two. We have some observations on this commission. Number one, he gave them authority over unclean spirits to cast them out. That is the first thing, actually. He called his 12 disciples to him 
and he gives them power over unclean spirits to cast them out. So these disciples went empowered by the grace of God and their ministry actually is to release the sinners from the captivity of the devil. That's why God gives them authority over unclean spirits to cast them out. And until now we have this authority. And we say in thanksgiving prayer, we thank you, you have given us authority over serpents and scorpions and all the power of the enemy. So we have this authority. And through the power of God, if Satan is attacking us, we can push him away and attack him back and cast drive him away from our life. Then the second thing, God gives them authority to heal all kinds of sickness and all kinds of disease. And all kinds means either physical illness or spiritual illness or psychological illness. The most important one is the spiritual illness. Because once we are healed from spiritual illness, means we repent and we will inherit the kingdom of God. But for the physical illness, if we are healed from it, maybe we will get sick again and the person at the end of his life, all of us, we will die one day or another. That's why God decides about the physical illness according to his goodwill what is the best for the person. For St. Paul, for example, he saw the best to keep the sword in the flesh in order to keep him humble, in order not to be exalted because of the abundance of the visions. But in many, many other situations, God heals the person from his physical illness. So when we are physically ill, we ask God to heal us according to his own good will. Then the Lord actually gave them an instruction. When he sent the twelve, he told them, don't go into the way of the Gentiles and don't enter a city of the Samaritans, but go rather to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. And the question here, whether God did not want the Gentiles to know the message of the gospel, did not want the Samaritan to know the message of the gospel, definitely not. But in the beginning, God told them, go to the house of Israel. And after this, the Lord Jesus himself, he went to the Samaritan cities. When he met the Samaritan woman, he went and stayed with them, and they believed in him. And when he sent the 70, he sent them to the Gentiles. And in the ministry of the apostles, after the ascension of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Holy Spirit actually guided Cornelius to ask for Peter. And God revealed to Peter that God opened the door for the Gentiles. But here, God is establishing a very important principle. Before going out and preaching out, go 
and see your own household. See first your family, whether they are in the Lord or not. That's why he told them, don't go to the Gentiles. It is not right now. Don't go to the Samaritans. Right now, go and seek the lost sheep of the children of Israel. And before his ascension, he told them, you will be witnesses in Jerusalem, then Judea, then Samaria, then the end of the earth. So it is the inner cycle first, or circle, it is Jerusalem. Then the outer circle will be Judea. Then the outer circle will be Samaria, then to the end of the whole earth. Because some people neglect their own families, and all the time they are busy with serving others, which is commendable. But first, seek your own family. Seek their own salvation. And then you go and seek and serve others. And what is the message? The message actually is the same message that John the Baptist was preaching, the same message that the Lord Jesus Christ himself was preaching, and the apostles will be preaching. Repent, the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Repent, the kingdom of heaven is at hand. The kingdom of heaven, we can understand it in two ways. First, you know, before the incarnation, Satan was the king of the world, was the prince of this world. And all of us, we were born in darkness, in the kingdom of Satan. But when the Lord Jesus Christ came, and he was crucified on the cross, now he established the kingdom of heaven on earth. And when we believe in Jesus Christ, actually we exit from the kingdom of Satan and enter into the kingdom of Christ. And this is what we do in baptism. We, in the renunciation of Satan, the parents, the godparents, or the baptized person himself, if he's adult, renounces Satan. Means, he said, I will no longer be a member in the kingdom of Satan. And then turn to the east and confess Jesus Christ. So, the good news that John the Baptist and the apostles and the Lord Jesus Christ himself were preaching, the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Now you can exit the kingdom of Satan and join the kingdom of Christ, which means when the person dies, he will not go to Hades like all the Old Testament fathers, but he will go to the paradise of joy. And we know all the Old Testament fathers, they remained in Hades until the kingdom of heaven was established and God opened the paradise and transferred all Adam and his children into the paradise of Job. That is the first meaning. But the second meaning, the kingdom of heaven is at hand. We don't know when we depart. We don't know when we leave this world and we stand before the just judge 
giving an account for our life. That's why we need to be ready for that day. Every day we hear children, youth, young adults, adult, senior citizens, you know, people die in all ages. We need to be ready. And we, how to be ready? Repent. The kingdom of God is at hand. And God gives them gifts, as I said, to heal the sick, to cleanse the lepers, to raise the dead, and to cast out demons. And by cleaning the leper, maybe somebody said, leprosy is part of illness. Why God said, heal the sick, and then cleanses the leper? Why the lepers are not included under the sick? Because cleansing the leper has a psychological element, a very important psychological element. The person with leprosy, he is not only physically contagious, but also ritually he is considered unclean. Ritually he is considered unclean. He should not touch anybody or greet anybody at all. So he was isolated. And this isolation makes the person not only physically suffering, but psychologically also he was suffering. That's why when the Lord Jesus Christ healed the man with, with leprosy, he stretched out his hand and touched him. Why? Although ritually it was forbidden to touch men with leprosy, because this disease is very, very contagious. But the purpose, this man, nobody touched him. Nobody greeted him for a very long time. He felt rejected from the society, isolated from the society. That's why the Lord touched him to tell him, you are accepted, you are loved. Now you are clean, physically and ritually. So the Lord here was not healing him only physically, but psychologically also, to give him, each one of us doesn't want to be rejected. Each one of us want to be loved and accepted, not living in isolation. That's why the Lord, after he said, heal the sick, he said, cleanse the lepers, did not include the lepers under the sick, because lepers in particular, they need more attention. Number one, because it is a very contagious disease. So when they clean the leper, they actually helping the whole community, the whole society, to get rid of this destructive illness. Number two, for the psychological benefit of the person who has leprosy. And also, number three, to prove the divinity of God, that he has authority over this illness. Even if he touched a man with leprosy, leprosy cannot approach the Lord Jesus Christ. But by his power, by his divinity, he can cleanse any man with leprosy from this destructive illness. And after giving them the gift to heal the sick, to cleanse the leper, to raise the dead, and to cast out demons, 
he gives them a very important principle. Freely you have received, freely give. And it is a very important principle for the churches to offer their services, all their services, freely. Because who provides? Who provides for all our needs? It is God. And since God provides for all our needs freely, then we need to offer these services freely. And the Lord told them, don't take with you gold or silver or copper in your money belt, nor bag for your journey, nor two tunics, nor sandals, nor staffs. God told them, don't carry anything. I will provide for your needs. I will provide for all your needs. And after he made this principle, freely you have received, freely give, he made another principle, for a worker is worthy of his food. A worker is worthy of his food. In any job, a person who works deserves his food, is worthy of his food. In the same way, those who serve the gospel, from the gospel they should eat. Those who serve the altar, from the altar they should eat. So yes, the gifts of God are given freely, but the servant of the gospel, from the gospel, should eat. Then God told them, there is difference between where you stay and whom you visit. Regarding visitation, visit everybody. And if the house is not worthy, then your peace will return back to you. But if the household is worthy, let your peace come upon it. But if it is not worthy, let your peace return to you. So here about visitation, they go and visit every household, whether they are worthy or not worthy. But regarding staying, he told them, no, when you stay, search in this city who in it is worthy and stay there till you go out. Why this differentiation? Because visitation should be done to everyone. The Lord himself visited Simeon the Pharisee. He visited many Pharisees who were judging him even during the visit. But he visited everybody. But where he stayed, he stayed with Lazarus, Mary, and Martha. This was the place of his rest. Because how he can stay in a household that's not worthy? If he stays there, this can be a hindrance to his ministry. But in visitation, he went and visited every single household, whether they are worthy or not worthy. Another principle, he told them, don't impose yourselves. Go and preach, but whoever will not receive you nor hear your word, depart from that house or from that city. And we saw when the Lord, two cities of Samaria, rejected him, He did not impose himself on them. But he told them, shake off 
the dust from your feet. Shaking off the dust from their feet can have many interpretations. One interpretation, this dust will be witness that the word of God came to you, but you rejected the word of God. Second explanation, if the people are thinking that the apostles visiting them because they are seeking some benefit from them, then shaking off the dust means, no, we are not here to get any benefit from you. We are here to deliver the message of God. So even the dust that clings to our feet, we will shake it off as a sign we are not here actually to get any benefit from you. We are here to preach you and to give you the good news of salvation that the kingdom of God is at heaven. Then the gospel of today was concluded that in the day of judgment, it will be more tolerable for land of Sodom and Gomorrah than the city that rejected the word of God. Sodom and Gomorrah, their sin is sin of homosexuality. And the city that reject, it is the unbeliever. So the Lord is saying, in the day of judgment, it will be more tolerable to the homosexuals than to the non-believers. So the city that, or the person who reject the word of God, his situation and his punishment in the day of judgment will be more and severer than the punishment of those who lived in homosexuality and sexual immorality. This observation or this instruction were given to the apostles, but also they enlighten our mind, whether we are serving as Sunday school servant or in dealing with the people, we need to keep these principles in our mind and they will enlighten our way in how to deal with others. Glory be to God forever and ever. Amen.